a few weeks ago, I think it was about six weeks ago, pastor started this word on burden bearers. And from it, we moved into love. And for a few weeks, there were messages on love. And then we entered, I, I particularly remember the one by Pastor Etefia, you know. And I realized that the word has been connected in one way or the other. And this morning, by the grace of God, I will be able to bring to you the connection between burden, break, burden bearers, love, and resurrection. There are many messages, please stay with me for a few minutes, stand with me. There are many messages of the cross, dealing with Christ's crucifixion, his death, death, resurrection, and ascension. The deeper our Christian walk, the deeper our understanding and the essence of why Christ went to the cross for us. May he give us fresh insight in the name of Jesus. This morning, we're going to examine four verses of scripture. They encapsulate the essence of Christ, his death and his resurrection. This is very much apt because in Christian history, Christ was still on earth for another 40 days after he arose and he then ascended into heaven on the day we know as Pentecost. Now, it was on that day that the church as we know it started. That was the birthing of the church. So it means that if Christ did not ascend, maybe the church as we know it will not exist. I'm going to read for you four verses of scripture as in found in John 15, and I'm reading verses 13 to 17. And I will be reading from the New King James Version, which is a standard version in this ministry. John 15, starting from 13. And I'm going to ask you to please read along with me for greater understanding and for emphasis. So one, two, three, go. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down his life for his friends. 14. You are what? My friends. And if you do whatever I command you, yeah, go on. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you what? Friends. For all the things that I've heard from my father, I've made known to you. 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you. You may go and bear fruit, that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask, that in my name, he may give you. 17. Is that right? Yeah. These things I command you, that you do what? Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you for the grace to be able to share your word this morning. We ask that you come and illuminate our hearts in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Father, we pray that your death on the cross and your resurrection would not be in vain in our lives in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. You are still at work. The blood is still working for us. Father, we ask that Lord, come and be with us in this service in the name of Jesus. You have started with us by saying that 
this communion is the power of resurrection. May things be resurrected in our lives in the mighty name of Jesus. We came in one way, but we will live in different ways in the name of Jesus. Something would have arisen in us in the mighty name of Jesus. Fresh experiences, fresh testimonies. Thank you, Lord. For in Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. And the people of God said it better. Now put your hands together for Jesus and be seated. Thank you, Pastor Etifia. Hallelujah. Now, this morning, people of God, the text that I've read to you, I'm going to divide it into four parts. Four parts, and each of those parts carries a meaning. It bears something. So I need you to be attentive with me this morning. I can come here and preach an exciting sermon, and we hope, and you are all, you know, rising, is arousing, you're excited. But that's not the work. The work is for us this morning to bring you back to the place that you will reappreciate the sacrifice that Christ made for you and I 2022 years ago. Amen. So it's in four parts, and we shall examine each one of the parts with greater attention. The first part for me is found in verse 13. Verse 13 says that greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. There's no greater love. It says there is no greater love. By the way, the title of my sermon is Greatest Love. Now, this is the extremity of the price that Christ paid for our salvation. It was complete and total. Brethren, it was not an easy death. It was not an easy death. Let me make a confession to you today. Can I make a confession to you? I have never watched Passion of Christ till the end. I have never watched it. When I saw what it was, I switched it off. Have you seen Passion of Christ? I don't know about you. I couldn't watch it to the end. I couldn't. If I'm flipping channels and I come across Passion of Christ, if you see the speed with it, I change the channel. You know, it's one thing to read the suffering of Christ in the Bible. It's another thing to see it in full color. You know, the whip that was used to flog him had nails embedded. Chunks of flesh were falling all over the place. And let me say something to you. Before you think that, oh, he's Jesus, he could have taken it. He stripped himself of his spirit form and he came in man. So the slap they slapped him was better slap. And he felt it. They flogged, they flogged him. There's nothing like flogging you in the spirit. They flogged him real. They scored him. Blood and water came out. 
of his side. Then they put his, you know, I see when we are celebrating Easter and on Good Friday, they tie those guys to the cross and, you know, demonstrating it. No, this was not uh, drama. This was not XT entertainment. This was real life. His hand and the nail was driven through it. Have you ever been pricked by a pin? Hello? Have you ever pricked, been pricked by a pin? Or have you mistakenly stepped on a nail before? Do you know how painful? Okay, all of us here, we've received injections at one time or the other. I've seen grown men cry. Small, small injection. Small, you know, tiny injection. You know, the thing about injections is that when they administer it, it's painful and it quickly goes away. Not to come and talk of you take a man's hand and you drive maybe, what, a 20-inch nail through the hand using a hammer. Make no mistake, it was painful. But why? All this, a man that was innocent for us. In 1 Corinthians 1 verse 17, the Bible says, this Peter, uh, Paul, writing, he says, For Christ did not send me to baptize you, but to preach the gospel, not with words of wisdom, lest the cross of Christ should be made of no effect. It means that despite the pain, the action and the, sac the, the inaction of some of us make the cross of Christ of no effect. God, Christ made the ultimate sacrifice. God made the ultimate sacrifice. And yet, we many times make it of no effect. I remember pastor's message last week and he was asking us that God has done his own part. Christ has done his own part. How about your own part? How about my own part? Pastor Tefia, thank you very much for the effusive introduction. I'm talking about one sense of loyalty to the set man of the house. With due respect, as much as I love him, I'm not following him. I'm following Christ. Do you understand? As long as he's following Christ, I will follow him. I love him very much. But it's not him. If you think it's him, if you think it's about him, then you are mistaken. So, that's why, despite all the challenges, some of us want to make the sacrifice. That's why we'll drive an hour to come to church. That's why we, it's not about us. It is about the work that God has asked us to do. Why am I still here? Because God has asked me to be here. And as long as I'm doing God's work, 
he will look after me. Many of us, it is about us. When Christ was going to the cross, he wasn't thinking about himself anymore. He died a shameful death. You know the equivalent of his death is like today, being executed, um, what's that word? Firing squad at the Babbage. You know, maybe some of them don't know Babbage, they were too small. In those days when we were young, when you, you know, in, I think it was in 1931, they started the edict that if you are guilty of armed robbery, you are taken to the Babbage. And people crowd. Oh, you see. Was a Baba today for long shore. And they will shout only on you. And then the soldiers come and they shoot you. A shameless death. I've never heard of anybody telling me that he's a descendant of Ishallah Yenusi in this country. Show me the family of Anini. Who? Who? It was for a purpose so that the shame will make people go away from that's the death that Christ died for you that's the price he paid for you and I and yet we make the cross of no significance of no effect because we superimpose our will on the will of Christ I'm not rebuking you alone I'm speaking to everybody may the Lord help us in the name of Jesus in the same scripture, 1 Corinthians verse, um, 1 17, Amplified Classic, Bible says that for Christ the Messiah sent me out to baptize, not to baptize you, but to evangelize by preaching the glad things. And whether you like me or not, I'm preaching the glad things this morning in the name of Jesus. The glad tidings, I beg your pardon, the gospel, and that not with verbal eloquence, lest the cost of Christ should be deprived of force and emptied of its power and rendered vain, in bracket, fruitless, void of value and of no effect. May that never happen in our time in the name of Jesus. So Christ paid the ultimate sacrifice. The first part that I'm drawing your attention to of the scripture, verse 13, is that you must sacrifice something to gain something. Many of us are begging, we are praying, we are fasting. God bless me. I want to get married. Give me a car. What are you sacrificing? Bible says that kingdom of God is not about food alone. It's not about the belly. Anybody that wants harvest without sowing is a thief. Bible says surely every man will sow what he will reap. So if you are not sowing, how do you want to reap? Anybody that wants to reap, in fact, and you are not sowing, then you must be a Yahoo boy. Hello? Can we talk? What are you sowing? What sacrifice are you making in the body of Christ? It's all about you. If it's not working your way, you don't come to church. It rains, you don't want to come to church. It's sunny, you don't want to come to church. An offering, an offering is being raised. I'm not part of it. 
I don't know what they do with the funds. What sacrifice are you making? This morning, part one of my message. Give greater love as no man than this, than to lay down his life for his friends. What are you laying down? What are you laying down? Let me show you something. Ah. Ah. Do I have time for this? Let me check. Okay. Let me, let me just take it. So because, I, because of time, I don't want us to. I want us to quickly go so that we can go into all the things that we have today. But let me end this part one by saying that Christ offered himself like a guinea pig, a guinea pig, an experiment that by raising us, by raising himself, he can raise all of us. For you to be a partaker, Philippians 3.10, the power of his resurrection, please give me Philippians 3.10 again, the power of his resurrection, that I may know him, and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his what? Suffering. Be conformed to his death. Today, many of us have many role models. Are we? Is Christ our role model? If Christ is our role model, you want to show fellowship of that suffering. You want to identify it. What it means to show fellowship is to identify it. May the Lord help us in the mighty name of Jesus. I said, may the Lord help us in the mighty name of Jesus. The second part of this, my scripture, is found in verse 14 and 15. Give me verse 14. The first one is what? Sacrifice. The first one is what? I can't hear you, church. The first one is what? What must you do? You must sacrifice. To follow Christ, you must sacrifice. Right? So the first one again is what? Amen. Let's go to the second one. It's found in verse 14. It says, you are my friends. If you do what I command you, no longer will I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends for all the things I've heard from my father. I have made known to you. This one is very exciting to me because it talks about relationship. The second one is what? Relationship. It says, this relationship, you are no longer servants. You are friends. And, you know, what, what, I no longer call you servants. I call you friends. What does friendship connote? Have you seen me? What does friendship connote? Have you seen me going into his office before? When I go into pastor's office. I just want to use you as an example. There are people seated in the waiting room. Alright? But because of the relationship we enjoy, we bypass the people. We tap on your door and you enter. What friendship guarantees you is what? access if you have a great relationship with Christ what will you have access let me ask you a question if the governor or the president were your personal friend do you need protocol to reach him what do you do 
You pick up your phone. You pick up your phone. I've seen presidents on the line going on official and they see one person and they move out of the line. You know, they're walking. The president is walking. They are taking him out of a place and he sees his friend. You understand me? And he stops and makes a detour and the whole entourage stops while he's talking to that friend. Let me tell you, you know what can happen to you? If a governor or a president took a detour and spoke into your ears for only two minutes and they are capturing it, do you know your status has changed immediately? Completely. Because, and he's whispering into your ears. And you two, you are nodding. And you, then maybe at the end of the day, he hi. Then both of you embrace and you walk away. Respect. You have to just go and print a new uh, business card. Friend of the president. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, that's what we enjoy. It is access. Now, this is part of the power of his resurrection. You now have access. The problem with many of us is that we don't utilize the access. We don't engage the access. How many of you know that when you are driving, you can be talking to God? Can I show you something? Let me show you something in the Bible. Give me Luke 23, 44 to 46. Luke 23, 44 to 26. You have it? Now it was about the sixth hour and there was darkness all over all the earth until the ninth hour. Then the sun was darkened and the veil of the temple was what? You know the significance of this? Now let me tell you. Before, no, only designated priest could go beyond that veil. And even the designated priests, they had to tie ropes around them because of the glory that laid in there that they may die so they can pull them out. If you go there and you are not even a priest, immediately you die. But the significance of it, let me say to you that it was only when the veil of the temple had been torn into two. Then read the next verse. Give me the next verse. And when, Jesus had, and when Jesus had cried out with a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Having said this, he did what? The last action of Jesus was to give you access. You know, we read our Bible and we say, it is finished. No. From what we have read now, the last action was to give you access. What are you doing with the access? You have, when much, uh, in those days you had what you call IDD, International Direct Dialing. A few people had it in their house. The older people, like somebody is laughing from somewhere there. That means you could sit in the comfort of your house and you can call anywhere. The rest of us had to go to NITEL. Very few people had that privilege. You remember? My dear brothers and sisters, you have IDD to God. What are you doing with it? 
time will fail me this morning to tell you how uh, I can. We'll talk about it maybe on a Wednesday on how we can activate that international direct dialing. May the Lord help us in the name of Jesus. Now the third part really excites me. So the first one is what? Sacrifice. The second one is what? Relationship stroke access. Relationship guarantees you what? Access. Amen. All right. Okay. The third part excites me a lot because it's in three parts and that's verse 16. It is triple loaded. Give me verse 16. He says, so you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you. Stop there. You did not choose me. I chose you. Which means that you are already qualified. You are already qualified. Let me explain it to you like this. If you are a Nigerian, you have right to collect Nigerian passport. Yes or no? Some of us were born abroad, right? We were born in UK, we were born in America or wherever. Even though your parents are Nigerian, if the law of the land says that you can, if you are born in a certain country, you have access to that passport. Obama's father was a Kenyan, but he became the president of Nigeria, uh, America, I beg your pardon. Why? Because the law says that if he was born there, or if he's born there, he has a right to be there. Tell your neighbor, I have a right to be here. I have a right to be the child of God. There's no condemnation in Christ. Some of us think that what we have done is so bad or what we are doing is so bad that it disqualifies us from the race of Christ. Tell your neighbor, how? God, he says here, he said, you did not choose me. I chose you. I appointed you. I appointed you. Ambassador Obafemi is the appointed ambassador of Grace Assembly. That's what he said. Oh, by the way, Ambassador, I saw Ambassador Eniola in Abuja. Says I should say hello to you. That's the ambassador for Netherlands. Spoke very glowingly about him. Very glowingly. I, I, uh, we had breakfast on Thursday morning. And spoke very well about you. Yeah, spoke very well about you. That's the Nigerian ambassador to the Netherlands. So when somebody is appointed, you have what you call rights and privileges. Rights and privileges. When you appointed an ambassador to a country, it means you are flying the flag of that country. Let me give you a simple thing. When you are going out as the ambassador to that country, you will fly the Nigerian flag on your car. It's a right. It's a privilege. As a Christian, because Christ has chosen and appointed you, especially the power, by the power of his resurrection, you have rights and privileges. And again, maybe we'll be able to talk about these rights and privileges that you have in Christ 
One of it is the power of resurrection. The ability to raise something that is dead in your life. Because if Christ died and arose, he says you have that power to raise things in your life and they will be raised in the mighty name of Jesus. As we speak this morning, careers will be raised in the name of Jesus. Health will be raised in the name of Jesus. Education will be raised in the name of Jesus. Marriages will be raised in the name of Jesus. Businesses will be raised in the name of Jesus. Ideas and vision will be raised in the name of Jesus. All you need to do is to exercise it. Why? Let me show you. Why did he appoint you? Why did he appoint you? When you are an ambassador, there's something that is called the letter of credence. That letter of credence, you present it to the president of the country, the host country, and what it says is that all the rights and privileges pertaining to me as a president of the country is vested in this man. You went to school in the UK. You see diplomatic numbers. They park on double yellow line. You can't do anything. You can't do anything. You can't arrest the president of a country. You can't. So, as a diplomat, as an ambassador, you cannot be arrested. Guess what? Devil doesn't have hold over you. When he exercises it, it means that you yourself, you are not aware of the privilege that you are carrying. In the UK, usually abroad, you see it's called CD, called diplomatic, something like that, CD. When you see a car with CD, you know it is a foreign diplomat. A foreign diplomat. You can't even search his bag. If you know there's contraband, you, you can't search him. You can't search him. Now, will the policeman, can the policeman stop him? Yes, no. And then what he says, what does he say? I'm a diplomat. And then what does the policeman do? Sorry, sir. So when the devil is messing around with you, you look him in the face with the assurance that you have of the power of the resurrection. And you say to him, I am a child of God. Appointed. So, God, you are not the only appointed person here. With due respect, you are not the only appointed person. That is why the Bible says, resist the devil and he will do what? Flee. Flee. Number two. Number two. Let me go to the second part of that scripture. It says, why did I appoint you? To do what? I didn't hear you. To bear what? And your fruit should that your fruit should remain. I wish I could talk. Let me just give you. So, what kind of fruits are we talking here? Hmm? What kind of fruits do we know are we talking about here? We are talking about the fruits of the spirit. 
the fruits of the spirit the fruits of the spirit is what we're not talking about mangoes we're not talking about for Paul we're not talking about tree. so let's examine in Galatians 5 22 what are these fruits of the spirit the fruit of the spirit is what love walk please walk with me the fruit of the spirit is love shout it joy uh-huh joy peace long-suffering kindness goodness faithfulness and gentleness self-control against such there is no law do you now see where the diplomatic status comes in it says there's no law against a diplomat so the same way if you exercise your ambassadorship if you exercise your appointment there's no law that can hold you down that's why bible says that when there's a casting down for some there'll be a lifting up it says when when the enemy sends a flood what does god do he sets up a standard that's when he says there's no law let me quickly go the last verse of it then says there let's go back to verse 16c it says after you do these things no 16c you know it says whatever you ask that after your fruits remain that whatever you ask the father in my name i will do what oh come on help me this morning whatever you ask the father in my name what will he do so is it possible we have not received what we are asking for because there are seven things that we have not done when we look at it and we set our standard against what we are discussing today maybe that's why our prayers are not being answered maybe because we are not producing the fruit maybe because our fruit is not abiding and maybe because we are not accessing the position that we have finally so the first one is what can you help me i want you please church sacrifice second one is what third one is what i haven't told you the first okay what will do the third one it has it's triple loaded so it is qualification it is instruction and it is benefits qualification instruction and benefits all rolled in one qualification he has qualified you by choosing you he has given you an instruction go and bear fruit and then he has given you the benefit of it so if you can give me qib okay you can call it qib those who are the mathematicians or the <laughs> who know about formula they will know that so the third one is what qib the final one in verse 17 in verse 17 it says and finally what did he say these things i command you that you love one another <laughs> don't get me in trouble this morning love one another if you love one another you will bear each other's burden if you love one another you will feel you will have fulfilling the love of Christ if you love one another how, 
you will be able to sacrifice if you love one another we will be able to dwell in unity how good is it for brethren to dwell in unity because that's where God commands the blessing but for us to love let's quickly look at where we started this from 1 Corinthians 13, 1 to 8. I want to bring this message to a close. 1 Corinthians 1. Let's examine it. It says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but I have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing. I remember from the script and from the text, Pastor read from he said, I am bankrupt. I am bankrupt. Go on. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but I have not love, it profits me nothing. Go on. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Love is not puffed up. Go on. Love does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity. But rejoices in truth. Bears all things believes all things hopes all things and above all endures all things love never fails but whether there are prophecies they will fail whether there are tongues they will cease whether there is knowledge it will vanish away hmm. This morning, the totality of the message of the cross is love. But as Christ followed, obeyed his Father, we must obey Christ. Are we loving the same way that Christ has loved? Something tells me that in this room, in this auditorium, there's unforgiveness. Something tells me some of us are holding things. Something tells me that perhaps the reason why we have not moved forward because we haven't let things go. Because when I, at the end of this message, I ask God, what would you like me to do? And the instruction is that I want to raise people from the dead. That's the why this communion is that the power of resurrection. And there are some people who no longer believe that things can happen in their life. But the power for it to happen lies in your hand. This morning, if you are dealing with hurt in any area of your life, and you genuinely know it's holding you back, 
The message of God is coming. And it's saying you should let it go. Until Job prayed for his friends, he couldn't get his fortunes back. The same friends who ridiculed him, the same friends who deserted him, the same friends who spoke behind and even to him, to his face. But by the mercies of God, God reached him and he prayed for his friends. I don't want you to leave this place this morning if you are carrying any hurt. I want you all to please stand. And I'm going to make a call. All eyes closed, all heads bowed. If you are dealing with hurt in any area of your life and you know the pain has not allowed you to move forward, I want you to please raise your hand this morning. If you are that person, maybe one person, this message is for you this morning. I'm dealing with hurt. Somebody has hurt me so badly. I can't let it go. I, I don't even know the love that you're talking about. Thank you, my sister. Thank you, my sister. You are here this morning. I do not know, but God knows. I'm not saying this so that I, you can identify yourself to me. I just want to pray with you this morning. Somebody has hurt you so bad. And you're saying, I can't let it go. I can't let, you know, you don't know what this person has done. If only you know what this person has done. I can't love this person anymore. I want you to lift up that hand. I just want to pray with you this morning. Thank you, my sister. Thank you, my sister. I just want to pray. If, there only, if there's only one person, I've delivered the message this morning. Father, I thank you. I thank you for the grace. I thank you for the power of resurrection that is operational in this house and in this ministry. Father, I pray this morning, as many hands that are up, that Lord, you will bring healing to them in the name of Jesus. Father, that Lord, the spirit to forgive, the spirit to move on, the spirit to forget, Lord, you will grant them in the mighty name of Jesus. Even when you were on the cross, you looked at those who, were, who nailed you to that cross and you still said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they are doing. Many of us are hurt, including the person that is speaking. And we pray this morning that Lord, give us the spirit of forgiveness. We pray for those who have offended us this morning and we ask by the mercy of God let there be restitution in the name of Jesus let there be a new beginning in the mighty name of Jesus give my brothers and my sisters the power to love again in the mighty name of Jesus this is a standard that you have called us to in 1st Corinthians 13 may we walk by that standard in the mighty name of Jesus at the end of time May we not lose our salvation. Thank you, God. For in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, church. My work is done this morning.